0: Welcome to On the Go with Hopscotch Air. With lockdowns ending and people wanting to escape their homes, we'll introduce you to some great Northeast vacation destinations. Our guest today is Giuliani Barbieri, Vice President of Marketing at the International Tennis Hall of Fame and co-founder of Manuka Sports Events Management in Newport, Rhode Island. Juliana, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, and it's uh, great to be here. Uh, let me start with. Um, with Tennis. Uh, you know, people think of Newport as a sailing community, but it has a long, deep history with tennis. It dates back, in fact, to I think the late 1800s, uh, when the first men's championship was played there.
1: Yes, that is correct. Um, the Newport Casino uh, is up on Bellevue Ave in Newport, and it was built in the 1800s uh, as a social club for um, Newport's wealthy elite. And um, it was it's a 13 grass courts were built there in a lovely um, shingle style architecture by the very well known architects, McKim, Mead and White. And in 1881, it hosted the very first US National Lawn Tennis Championships that event uh morphed into what is today known as the us open so the us open actually originated in newport rhode island Um, as time went on uh, that club uh, evolved and uh in the 1950s uh jimmy van allen really wanted to um uh, create a shrine to the sport of tennis and he had visited cooperstown in new york for baseball and he said we should be doing something like this for tennis and um they settled on the, the location in newport and um It has been the home to the International Tennis Hall of Fame since then. It's um, In addition to the museum, it's also, uh, as I said, we have 13 grass courts. We're a year-round tennis club open to the public. Uh, We host an ATP tour, men's professional tennis event in July, and um, we have lots of retail and and so on. So lots to see and do if you do come to Newport um, at the International Tennis Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, it's really cool because uh, regular folks go play tennis on grass there in Newport. You can't really do that at the Baseball Hall of Fame or the Football Hall of Fame.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah, it is. It's one of the very unique aspects to to the grounds that it is uh, open to the public and um, you can book a court to come and, and play on the same grass that many, many, many of the legends have played on.
0: Tell me a little bit about some of the people elected into the Hall of Fame. So they are currently,
1: the uh, sure, sure. Um, there are uh, 260 members of the Hall of Fame right now. Uh, Hall of Famers that are uh, hail from over 26 different countries. Um, the Hall of Famers are folks that you and I know, from Pete Sampras to Andre Agassi, Steffi Graff, John McEnroe, Billy Jean King. Um, some, of the, some of the names. And then there's some other names that you may not have heard of um, like Bug Collins who is a very well known journalist for tennis. Um, we have some, um, we have uh, wheelchair players. We have um, some of the inventors of the game, uh, uh, the gentleman who invented the patent for the sport of tennis. Um, so mm-hmm. Hall of Famers that date all the way back to the turn of the century. Um, and, and then obviously to present day. Um, to be elected into the Hall of Fame, you have to be retired, so often we get the question of well, what about Roger, or Rafa, or Serena, uh, Venus, and um, while they're still actively playing, they can't be elected into the Hall of Fame, but once they retire, there's a five-year waiting period, and um, then they'll be eligible for induction. Um, so that's, that's generally how that works. But... And it's international, yes. And it's so international.
0: Uh, so, how did the pandemic obviously impact the museum and the club, and how are the reopening processes going right now?
1: Sure. Um, so, the, we, like everyone else, we needed to close. Uh, the museum was closed for the better part of six months, and then we reopened in a limited, a very limited capacity, limited. Um, attendance, mask requirements, contact tracing and so on. Um, So definitely if you were to look at our attendance numbers for the museum last year, pales in comparison to a normal average year. Um, The tennis club on the other hand, we we closed for about a month, but then um, because the courts are outdoors, uh, because tennis was considered a pretty good sport for social distancing, um, we were able to reopen and we were able to stay open through the winter, um, even on the indoor courts um, with uh, players wearing masks. So, so the club was a little bit different, but we all we had to we canceled our enshrinement ceremony for 2020. Um, so the inductees who were meant to be inducted in 2020, they were uh, inducted this summer. Uh, we had to uh, our ATP tour event was canceled in 2020, so it was definitely a, a significant impact overall organizationally. But we were able to come back this summer. We had our events. We had the tournament, uh, the Hall of Fame Open. We had the induction ceremony. Um, and it was really exciting to see people back on the grounds again and um, enjoying enjoying the museum and enjoying the tennis and those, or all of the festivities around that. So um, we're encouraged by that. Um, obviously, the, the Delta variant could create some additional wrinkles, um, but we think that in general we're hopefully on the way up and out of um, out of where we were in the thick of this back in
0: you know April May of 2020. That's great. What is the the sort of percentage of visitors who don't live in Newport, and people who are there maybe full time in the summer who are members of the club? And is the club open in the winter?
1: So, yeah, the club is open in in the winter year round. Um, there's different types of membership. We do split our membership for winter member uh, winter membership, which is traditionally people who live in Newport year round. Um, And then our summer membership, um, I'm sorry, I don't know the exact percentage, but our summer membership, we do get quite a lot of folks that are that summer in Newport who join. Um, And uh, it's for sure more folks from out of town who are who are members in the summer than they are than the locals. Um, And then that sort of flips and inverts for the winter. And as far as just general visitors, um most of our visitors to the museum are coming from out of town um the, the predominant areas that they come from and this goes for the our tennis tournament as well they're coming from other parts of rhode island connecticut uh new york um massachusetts those are really the primary um city, uh, states that, uh, folks are coming from New Jersey a little bit um, and then we get a lot of Floridians and that's primarily because those Floridians are summering up in the New England area in the in the um, in the summer so. Uh,
0: let's talk about the sports management company uh, you know when I think of Newport mm-hmm. I think of sailing I think of tennis talk to me a little bit about the other sports activities that you met ma- you manage.
1: So uh, we have a um, a sports vent management company that I helped co-found back in 2008. And that company is very much focused on the Marine side of of sports. So mostly sailing, mostly uh, professional sailing, offshore sailing. So point-to-point distance racing. Um, And Newport is really, Newport's been known for a very long time as um, kind of the sailing epicenter of the United States. Um, The America's Cup was held in Newport for Many, many years up until 1983, Um, there's a number of yacht clubs in Newport. Um, There's races happening all the time. Um, Our company, Manuka, runs a a, a couple of different offshore sailing races that uh, actually none of which hit Newport at the moment, um, but they have done in the past, um, the Atlantic Cup being one of them, the Pineapple Cup being the other. Um, And then over the years, we actually ran a very large fishing tournament um, for for Pabst to ribbon the beer. Um, That was a a big effort of theirs for quite some time to really hit their northeast market. And they... um, We had a fishing tournament that ran from pretty much from Montauk all the way up uh, into the Cape Cod area. Um, And uh, so in addition to the the sailing side of things, boating is also a really popular thing to do in Newport and um, and the surrounds. And uh, fishing was a very, very surprisingly very popular event to participate in for
0: um, anglers in the area. Yeah, fishing is generally pretty huge. I always think of Newport as a little bit of the anti-Cape Cod uh, you go to Cape Cod for different sort of events, uh, and if you want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how Newport has its own, you know, feel to it, its own experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, what's really nice about Newport and really unique to Newport is that it has, um, it really has a little bit of something for everyone. So if you want to get out on the water and sailing the classic, uh, classic imagery of, um, you know, sailing up the bay and going by the lighthouses and whatnot, it's just stunningly beautiful. Uh, also, with a nod to the Gilded Age and back to the Tennis Hall of Fame, and around that same time, you had a number of the mansions that are being built by the Vanderbilts, the Astors, the Carnegies, um, all of those folks were building their summer cottages, which are very, very large mansions that are now available for touring, the Breakers, the Elms, and um, probably the most well-known out of that bunch. Um, so those are, that is something that if you can do while you're in Newport. Um, weekly on Thursday nights in the summertime. There are outdoor films, um, Newport Films. puts on wonderful documentary series throughout the summer at various different locations throughout Newport um, and the surrounding towns on Aquidneck Island. So that's just another really fun, different thing to do. Um, There's polo every Saturday uh, that you could go to. Uh, And then not to mention that there's Plenty of restaurants and bars and, um, great food. and, and really a yeah. variety of food. Yeah, really great food. So um, it's really kind of something for everybody in Newport, um, which for sure differentiates it from, from the Cape.
0: How do people get to Newport? You do have a uh, cute little airport there. We do. Yes, we do. Um,
1: that is one way. Um, and otherwise it's always the drive. You can, you can do the drive. It's about a it. If with no traffic from New York city and you're, if you're a decently decent driver, you uh speed wise, you could get there at three and a half ish hours. Traffic will certainly slow you down on 95. Um, there is a train that goes to, um, North Kingstown, but then that's, you've got about another half an hour, um, another half an hour drive from there. Um, And uh, if you're coming from Providence, there is a ferry that goes in the summer. Uh, If you're coming from Block Island, there's a ferry that will go take you direct into Newport as well. Um, But uh, the most point-to-point direct option I would be to fly. um, And and there's there's the little airport that's in Newport that um, I think services a, a number of
0: flights yeah, it's a terrific airport. Uh, Juliana, if people want to reach you, how would they go about doing that?
1: The best way for them to reach me uh, would be to uh, email me at Juliana, J U L I A N N A, at Manuka, M A N U K A S E M dot com. Um, or you can find me at
0: the Tennis Hall of Fame um, or maybe out sailing somewhere as well. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us. That's On The Go with Hopscotch Air. I'm Andrew Schmertz.